We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Well, what is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, we have a pretty depressing topic to talk about today. From the sh- I just want to reflect, Nick, because from the sheer elation of the clean sweep, what was it, two, three years ago? Three years ago to this day. Three years ago to this day, to where we are right now, complete and utter devastation as a sports fan, as a Nets fan, because... I woke up to it. I looked at my phone. I'm like, well, that's that. And my immediate feeling, I'm not sure what yours was, Nick. Obviously, you know, free agency is kicking off. Woj is dropping bombs. Shams is dropping bombs. I was numb. I just felt, and maybe it's part of the, the fact that, you know, as people have heard on the, the previous couple of pods, that my voice has been a little bit here and there. I've got a bit of a head cold. So it's just hard to take all of it in. But we are where we are. And this is the Nets now. And it's, it's, it's hard to comprehend. It really yeah. is. It's a full failure, you know, pretty much the opposite of the clean sweep. We got a full failure on all aspects. And obviously what we're talking about is Kevin Durant formally requested a trade with the Brooklyn Nets directly to Joe Psy. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But like you said, Jack, you know, this was a fear. This was a fear. We've heard rumblings over the last couple of days after Kyrie, quote unquote, opted in that things were still unsettled with the Brooklyn Nets. And then today we get the notification from Shams and then Woj that KD has requested that trade. Like you said, it it's just extremely painful for Nets fans because this is an era that felt like it never really started. You know, there was always some type of issue each season. You know, first year Kevin Durant's recovering from an Achilles, goes into the bubble season. Next year, they look set to win the championship with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. We know what happened to Harden in game one. Kyrie hurts his ankle in uh, game four. And then KD still almost beats that team. And then we get to this season, all the mandate stuff with Kyrie Irving and him not playing, James Harden demanding a trade, and the Nets getting swept by the Celtics. And obviously, we've had a lot of rumors, too, about the dysfunction within the organization over the course of the last season. So it's just been a painful era that never really kicked off and got to, you know, fully execute. Yeah, they say 7-Eleven never closes, but it it never really opened, Nick. Yeah. It it just never. And it's these two guys are intrinsically tired and maybe we 
we underestimated certain reports from earlier on in the in the postseason. You know, Kevin Rand hasn't spoken to the organization, and we were like, nah, that's fine. He's on holiday. Who wants to speak to their boss when they're on holiday? But it seems to me that this rift, you know, and we spoke about a rift with with, with Chris on our last podcast just a couple of days ago. And it was, it, 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 I I still had, and there were reports from Brian Windhorst and everyone's still saying that, you know, this might not be over yet. And to, to wake up to this, it's it's just, it's just so difficult as a, as a Nets fan to be like, there was, there was so much potential within this thing. And the way that Shaw Marks and Joe Sive handled this throughout and, and yes, you can, you can throw criticism Kyrie Irving's way and Kevin Durant's way and James Harden's way and that sort of thing. But, Ultimately, your job as the front office and your job as the ownership is if you get the superstars, you cater everything towards them so they can win. And you build a roster around them. You do everything you can. You provide guys behind the scenes, assistant coaches, whatever else it might be. And there's plenty of blame to go around, Nick. But fire goddamn sure, Marks. Get Joe Sy away from this goddamn team because I'm numb, Nick. I really am, mate. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Jack, it's it's a failure by all parties here. Obviously, most of that blame is going on to Joe Sy and Sean Marks. And Sy, obviously, and Marks came out and had the issue with Kyrie Irving in terms of the negotiation, the public negotiations. And they came out and said, no, they're ready to lose Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And we said, that's a dangerous thing to say. You know, we've said it all along. They've been playing with fire, and that fire came back and not only burned them, but really scorched them because this is one of the most embarrassing, you know, situations in all of sports. It's not just the NBA. It's the fact is like you go from being a fully contending team if you're healthy next season with Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant and potential pieces around them to now being in pretty much this mediocre part of the NBA where you have no superstar, you have no avenues to acquire another superstar and you don't even have your picks to do that. And like I said, there is definitely blame for, you know, all parties here. But again, majority is going to Joe Sy, then Sean Marks. And then you look at Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant, I think, gets the, the least of the blame. He's the guy that's come in and work and is balled his ass off and just has been awesome for the Nets on the court. It's just a lot of the other things. And obviously, we've heard rumblings of there being requests from Kevin Durant being unmet. You know, he he wanted Steve Nash gone at the end of the season. He wanted the Nets to acquire some wings. He wanted them to look at guys like Jeremy Grant, who went for a late first round pick. He wanted them to make moves to accommodate him. And also they want he wanted them to accommodate Kyrie Irving and make sure that he is happy and he was playing with Kevin Durant. And obviously there was issues that Kyrie created for the franchise. And we understand why they didn't give that full max. But it definitely seems like negotiations we're close enough at a certain point that the Nets could have got it done. We had a report from Shams today saying that as of last week, the Nets were very close to getting a deal done with Kyrie. Look, it's, I just thought that you mentioned like little things here and there about Steve Nash and, and the wings and, and everything else. I think ultimately if Kyrie Irving's whims were a, a piece to, that could have been the, the biggest one, yeah. Nick. You know, you just give him the four year deal and you just tie those two together. And, it was the climax of the situation. It could have either and, went either way. Yeah, and and this is where fans are like nah, some fans, not a lot of fans, but some are just like no, you you want the organization to stay strong, and it's just like you realize, and we've said this countless times on previous podcasts. The worst thing that can happen is Kevin Durant is going to force his way out of the organization. We are in that situation right now. 
We are living that as Nets fans. And I hope that the other people are happy about Sean Marks and Joe Sy standing their ground, because I certainly am fucking not. Like, this is an absolute joke. We have gone from championship contention, as you alluded to, Nick, to irrelevance beyond belief. Unless yeah. the Nets are going to get Zion Williams, uh, or Zion Williamson, or they're going to get Devin Booker or whoever else it might be, then, and like you alluded to, Nick, you know, the Houston Rocket, the, the picks are tied to them for the till 2027. The Nets are a disaster. The Nets organizations are, are a complete disaster. Yeah, this situation has gone as bad as it possibly could have gone. And that's over the course of the, the years as well, not just, you know, this specific moment. But the ending is almost fitting how the entire stretch has gone, just given how the Nets still had an opportunity here to compete for a championship next season. And they said, no, I'm good. We don't want to deal with any inconveniences next season. And again, the mandate obviously was likely to not be a thing next year. Kyrie would likely be healthy and able to play a good chunk of games with Kevin Durant, with Ben Simmons. You make some moves around the edges and you're right there. Yeah, last year was terrible. But again, it was a once in a lifetime pandemic. And, uh, and Kyrie can be difficult. But I think if you go into the situation with different expectations and understanding in terms of like, okay, we need you to kind of improve here. I think what the Nets wanted to do, and this is something we talked about on the pod, is they completely flipped. They were accommodating the stars and willing to do whatever they wanted to do. And now all of a sudden they said, no, we're not allowing you to do anything you want. We're doing things our way from this point on. And that never was really going to work. There always had to be some level of compromise. And honestly, it had to be more so from the organization, given this the status of these two players and the status of Kevin Durant being an all-time great and one of the best players in the entire NBA. And now you're losing him. And there's a good chance the Nets will never have a player as good as Kevin Durant suit up in a Brooklyn Nets uniform ever again. And yeah, that might be a hot take, but just it's also a respect for how good KD is. At the lowest point, Nick, if you're being conservative, Kevin Durant's one of the 15 best players to ever step Yeah, and he'd probably be in my top 10 or at least very close to it. He's between 10 and 15. That's you know probably a, a, a decent enough summation. How... how how often does that come along to you as, yeah. as a franchise? Never. Once in a blue moon. Once every millennia. It's like the Aurora Borealis, the, the Northern Lights, and it's winning the lottery com all combined. And yet the Nets and Shaw Marks and Joe Sy have fumbled it, Nick. They've fumbled it. And we are where we are now as, as fans just left to pick up the pieces and go, let's get Zion. Let, let's see what we can get in return. And it's just... Obviously, Phoenix and Miami are the two teams that are being heavily reported and Kevin Durant has requested. And we're also hearing the fact that, you know, a lot of teams, uh, that, that they can't offer a lot of the return. There might have to be a third team involved. As the Nets need to get something in return, Nick. And if Sean Marks can be stubborn with Kyrie Irving and push Kevin Durant out the door, then he better be stubborn and get me Devin Booker or Bam out of bio. Yeah, sadly, I think actually from the CBA, the Nets can't acquire either of those guys unless they move on from Ben Simmons because there's a, a designated rookie extension rule. I think it's called the Rose Rule. So it gets even more complicated. I don't know if Devin Booker signed his latest deal. Even if he did, I think he just signed a max deal and he can't be traded for a year if he did sign that. Bam, can't be on the same roster as Ben Simmons. Same thing goes for Jason Tatum as well. So definitely complicated. And it's also the fact is you're trading two guys at this point. Obviously, you're looking to move on from Kyrie Irving. And a report came out as well uh, from someone at ESPN, I believe, that the Nets were always looking to trade Kyrie regardless this offseason. They weren't interested 
and keeping on the team for one season if he's looking to leave next year anyway. So they were playing with a lot of fire in a, a lot of different areas, and it came back to burn them. And now they have to move on from a top three player and a, a top 20 player in the NBA. And, you know, they, they should be able to have a, get a great deal for Kevin Durant, especially given his contract status. But for Kyrie Irving, they're, the Nets are even more desperate. So that Lakers offer of Russell Westbrook and, you know, potentially two picks seems more likely. Ideally, in that situation, you're sending Westbrook to a third team and trying to get players back. But it's it's strange because the Nets have indicated that they're not going full rebuild. And obviously, because they don't have their picks, it doesn't make sense to really do that either. So it looks like they're trying to acquire an all-star level player or somebody who can be an all-star in the near future. So it really, really complicates making these trades. Yeah, look, they they should have the leverage, you know, given the fact that they have the asset that everyone wants, given one of the 10, 15 best players to ever play the game. Sam Amick reported that sources close to the athletic said the Nets are expected to keep Ben Simmons. Yay. You know, we'll talk about you know, Paddy Mills, the fact that he's re-signing. The fact that the Nets gave up a fucking first-round pick for Royce O'Neal. And, and good news with Nick Claxton, uh, I guess, as well. We can discuss all those things you know, a little bit towards the end. But We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is just a complete and utter shit show of the highest order, Nick. I mean, it really is, Jack, and it's just 
depressing as a fan. You know, obviously, we know about what happened in the postseason against the Bucks with the injuries, and then, you know, KD's foot on the line and all those different things. And then, you know, to think that was bad, and now we got here where now we no longer have Kevin Durant. We likely no longer have Kyrie Irving as well. It's just, it's painful, just given what could have been and the opportunities that were presented in front of them. And the Nets had already got... Kevin Durant to sign that long-term extension. So really all they had to do in this situation was accommodate him. And yes, Kyrie Irving is difficult to accommodate. I will admit that, but it's not the hardest thing in the world. And there was other avenues to improve the team. And then you do have another star in Ben Simmons now that can take some of that load off of the team. So it's just to do it at this point and make the moves that they made over the course of the last you know month or month or two it just doesn't make any sense. And especially for someone like Joe Sy. Joe Sy is a guy that is complained about money. We know he had the leak to the New York Post. And for him to lose two stars and think that he's going to make revenue on this team is kind of ridiculous. And I think it gets to the point that Joe Sy doesn't know what he's doing in terms of running an NBA team. He knows how to run a business. He's a billionaire for a reason. But an NBA business and a normal business are not the same thing. Yeah, there's no sense in nonsense, Nick. Uh, I, I think that I, I'll find every single avenue to obviously contribute to the Brooklyn Nets franchise, but I'm not giving a dollar in any sort of sense to Joe Sy. Like, I'll find creators on Etsy or whatever else it might be to show my sort of love. I'll I'll go to T Public and make and our own shirts. <laughs> yeah, get our own shirts and stuff. But there is no way in hell that I'm giving that man a, a dollar of, of mine at all. It is an absolute goddamn joke. What he has done to our franchise, you know he, and and the thing is, like Nick, it's just it's almost worse the the fact that we're here now because we had a taste of it and like it was it, it tasted good for a little bit. It was like yeah. the amuse bouche. It was like tapas. It wasn't a full meal. It was just like you know, so a little a couple of hors d'oeuvres here or there, you know, so some mozzarella sticks and some some croquettes. And then, you know, later on, we'd be getting like, you know, the big filet mignon and the dessert and everything came with it. But we never got that because the higher ups in our organization are a goddamn joke, Nick. It is a goddamn joke. And I just don't know. It's it's just it's insane to think how the Nets are going to be moving forward from this. Like, I I just I don't understand how it's going to be. But. You know, I'll I'll throw a few Woj tweets at you and then we can respond a little bit. But yeah, it's just, it's insane, Nick. It, it truly is. And I think also the public perception here is crucial because what star is going to want to come here? You just pushed out Kyrie and KD, two of, two of the most liked stars in the league by other players. Like Kyrie's your favorite player's favorite player. Like they're just well-liked around the league because of the way they play basketball. And even if they did do anything wrong in the situation, the public doesn't care. It's always going to come back on the nets. And they're not going to be able to acquire another superstar. That's why it's super important for them to nail this Kevin Durant trade. They need to make sure that they acquire somebody who can hopefully be at least a top 15 player in this league at some point in their career. So the pressure is on. And kind of just getting to the Joe Sy stuff, too, is like if Sean Marks isn't fired, you know, within the next 24 hours to a week, then we know that him and Joe Sy are completely aligned. And we've kind of already had that confirmation across the, the course of the last couple of weeks. But this would be the final thing where, like, this is what Joe Sy wants. He wanted to push the stars out and in no world in the NBA when you're trying to make a championship. Does it make sense to lose a superstar duo that is feared by many teams in the league when on a fully healthy roster and has the right chemistry? Look, 
it's when they when they were together, Nick, they were you know, an absolute force. You know, with James Harden, they were unbeatable. Obviously, circumstances beyond control affected affected that, like you mentioned with, with COVID and then injuries. The, it seems to me that the Brooklyn Nets are cursed, Nick. That's just how it feels sometimes. The, the the black and white have been cursed ever since moving to Brooklyn because when good things have happened, they've been tinged with the sense of, you know, badness. I don't know. I can't think of any other words. My brain hasn't been uh, working so well over the last couple of days. But, Nick, I'll, I'll throw this at you because I'm sort of going through the tweets and sort of trying to keep it all together. I'm not sure how much you think th- this is true or not. But apparently, Katie and Kyrie want to continue to play together, but not in Brooklyn. Do you think that there's any chance of that happening? I think the chance of that happening is very, very slim. You know, there's probably maybe a few situations that could happen where they'd have the right assets to send back that they could, you know, potentially make that trade. I think you look at New Orleans. Obviously, they still have some extra draft picks. They have Zion. They have some big contracts. And obviously, if you put Kyrie and Katie on a team... That's that's a lot of it right there, you know, especially if they're able to keep, you know, Brandon Ingram in that situation. And all of a sudden they have three stars You know, that'd be the only, you know, really plausible scenario. You had Brian Windhorst mentioning the Lakers, but obviously that's Lakers propaganda that clutch probably asked Windhorst to say on ESPN. So I don't see that being very likely. I think the chances of them playing together next season are probably, you know, less than 10 percent unless it's on the Brooklyn Nets, which seems like less than 2 percent at this point. Yeah, look, I, I honestly don't care. I just want to do <laughs> a, a decent return and look. I, Move I, on to the next chapter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, there, there's elements of frustration with Kevin Durant as well, Nick. I, I think that that I'm still just like, come on, man. Like you, you couldn't have just stuck around for for a little At bit longer. This one more year. I'd love just, to just see this team play one more year. Yeah, just just give it one year. Just just see what what could happen, and then then force your way out. But I, I obviously understand as. When you're one of the, the best to ever do it, you deserve to go wherever you, you sort of want. And given the way that the organization has been handling the, this entire situation, I can't blame Kevin Durant either, but doesn't mean I'm not frustrated with him. And I think also- they didn't give him the proper respect. I think that's the issue here. And I think this probably stems from Joe Sy thinking, you know, he's a billionaire where Kevin Durant is oh, a generational player, like we talked about, a Hall of Famer, one of the best scorers to ever play in the NBA. Arguably, some people might say the best. And you're not willing to respect his opinion and make the moves that he's asking you to make that he thinks will put the team in the best chance to win. And I'm not saying to accommodate every single thing, but if he asks for five things and you're not handling any of them, that's just not a good look. And why is he going to want to play there when he could go to another organization that would likely accommodate him and put a better team around him? Because let's be honest, like we've discussed, the team last year had issues with the roster. Some of that is James Harden abandoning a trade, but a lot of that is offseason moves flopping. And it's interesting because a couple of years ago when they did accommodate those things in terms of getting Blake, getting LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, both of those guys said that Kevin Durant was the big reason that they came to Brooklyn. And the Nets were pretty goddamn good with Kevin Durant and those guys. You know, he's the reason all... they got James Harden too. I mean, you can take that how you want, but he's a superstar player at the time they acquired him. Exactly. So after we, we certainly realized that, recognize the seismic shift with the the franchise with Sean Marks and Joe Sybean like that nah, we'd rather and, and look literally I said this at the top of the pod yesterday that Joe Sy was like I would rather lose Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving than go through what we did last season. And then some people give you a hard time about that tweet. And uh, look what happened. The Nets ended up losing Kevin Durant. So that was a terrible negotiation tactic. Uh, Joe Sy got what he wants, I guess. You know yeah. is he, 
his religion is winning. He's going to have to find a religion of mediocrity now because that's what the Nets are. The Nets are a mediocre organization. The Nets are a joke, Nick. Joe Sy is a joke. Shaw Marks is a joke. And Honestly, Sean not- Marks probably should have resigned you know, a month ago, especially when he felt like this situation could be lost because now he's always going to be tied to the, the guy that lost Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And yes, like we said, those guys played a role in this, but at the end of the day, the Nets lost Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and they're going to have a really hard time moving on from this unless they get a, a magical trade offer. We've still got Steve Nash, though, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> But this is this is just what's so astounding that initially you tie yourself to to the superstars by acquiring them in the first place, and look, a lot of the time that can go one way or another. And I think that you're willing to bet on the talent because what is it that wins championships? Is it the owners that go out there and, and get the baskets and play the defense? Is it the general managers that go out there and get the baskets and play the defense? No, it's Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and whoever else. It's LeBron James, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo, it's Stephen Curry. It's the players. This is a players' league. And the Nets have been so strong on catering to that early on in the the Sean Marks era. And then they're trying to change this identity of the franchise and go, nah, we're we're the Nets and and, and we're going to be steadfast with us. And, like, you know, no matter what, there's going to be, you know, discipline here and all that sort of bullshit. It's just like, I, I just don't understand it at all, Nick, but... In terms of a couple of woes tweets, I'll throw at you. Phoenix and Miami among two of the teams that Kevin Durant has on his wish list, wish list sources tell SBN, but the Nets plan to move Durant where they can get the best possible deal. With four years on his contract, there's no shortage of teams willing to unload assets for Durant. As Nets prepare to move one of the most valuable trade assets ever on the market, the entire roster will be available discussing deals. Sources tell ESPN. Teams have been calling on Durant, and the Nets will certainly look for a historic return on players and draft picks. Yeah, I mean, I think the Nets, again, are probably going to try to play some level of hardball here. I think they'll end up being some compromise. KD's going to obviously expand his list because as of right now, Phoenix and Miami don't have the right package to acquire Kevin Durant, especially because Miami cannot send Bam. Maybe Bam could go to a third team or Ben could go somewhere else. Not really sure. But even still, Miami doesn't really have a ton of extra picks. The same thing with the Phoenix. I think Phoenix has all of their picks, but... Devin Booker unlikely to be included because that would be the guy that Kevin Durant would want to play with in Phoenix. So it's going to get said a lot of glowing yeah. things. Devin Booker in the past. He was on a JJ Reddick's podcast most recently and really hyping him up and giving him a lot of credit for the improvements he made in his game. So it, it's going to be a lot of work for Sean Marks and the organization to try to find a deal that works for them, but also getting the right value. And this is a rare situation. You know, it's not often you see a player of Kevin Durant's caliber traded, if ever. It's it's unprecedented, Nick. And, you know, I'm sick of saying things that are unprecedented when it comes to that's <laughs> it's. I don't know how either of us still have hair or a heartbeat or haven't had 40 million heart attacks when we record these podcasts. Nick, obviously there'll be plenty of news coming out in, in relation to this, but obviously we've got more news around Royce O'Neal and Nick Claxton and, and Paddy Mills. Any final sort of stuff that you wanted to, to sort of discuss in relation to this monumentally destructive day in Brooklyn Nets history? Yeah, I mean, we'll obviously touch on it deeper when the feelings kind of go down a little bit. But I think if you're looking at kind of a template as something to start with the Kevin Durant deal, I think you'd look back at the Anthony Davis trade. 
And then you'd probably add a little bit more on top of that. You know, obviously AD was younger at the time, but Kevin Durant is substantially better player than Anthony Davis was at that point when the trade was made. So looking back, look at that trade, think about possible ideas. Sadly, we'll probably do a Kevin Durant trade package podcast very soon. Not something I wanted to do, something I was hoping to avoid all summer long, but we're here now and this is what we kind of got to deal with. I guess, Jack, the last question that's been floated out by some Nets fans on Twitter and in spaces has been like, what are the chances the Nets don't find a package and KD has to suit up next season or does he not suit up and just stay home? Look, there, there's, you know, there's, there's a chance that anything could happen, Nick, because yep. I wouldn't put it anything more than I don't know twenty percent just off the top of my head, but you know we we were at twenty percent with the Kyrie Irving staying and going in Brooklyn and stuff. So by the time I wake up tomorrow, I could be waking up to some pretty goddamn seismic news, and we could be a one eighty of emotions and feeling like the the world we're on top of the world because Kevin Durant has to stay. But I don't see that as very likely because as I've said, this is super and. Kevin Rand is at the, the precipice of those superstars. So I, I don't. What about you? Where do you stand with that? Yeah, I think it's probably very unlikely. But I could see a scenario where, you know, if Katie's refusing to go to certain teams and that's the package the Nets want, and then, you know, Phoenix is trying to be very stubborn with their package. And obviously the DeAndre Ayton stuff is all tied in. The Nets have no interest in Ayton. And then on the Kyrie front, they really have no interest in Westbrook. But we'll see what happens there. So I think it's all technically possible like you said i wouldn't rule it out but i wouldn't say that it's likely very likely or even somewhat likely i just say it's one of the the possibilities but towards the very bottom of the list yeah look let's get to some of the more <laughs> head scratching moves and obviously ben simmons was tweeted out about him doing some workouts and so somehow even this front office makes no sense, Nick. Fire <laughs> woes. The Nets are acquiring the Jazz's Royce O'Neal in a trade for a 2023 first-round pick. So you're a team that has barely any picks going forward. You're going to be rebuilding because you're losing your generational superstar superstars. Sorry, you know, plural. And you're giving away a pick for a guy who averaged seven points and five rebounds last year. This front office is a joke, Nick. Like. Dear Lord. Yeah, it was a, um, and it's the lesser of the two picks between, uh, I think, Philadelphia and Houston. Obviously, that doesn't really matter in this situation. There were some like rumblings and people were saying that potentially Sean Marks made this move without knowing that KD was going to request a trade because the KD request went to Joe side directly rather than to Sean Marks. I don't know how truthful that is, but it would kind of just be funny if that's how dysfunctional the organization is at this point, that, you know, your GM is making a move for the superstar that's requesting a trade with the owner at the same time or within the same time period. Obviously, Royce O'Neal would be a nice add if, you know, KD and Kyrie were still here and they were competing for a championship, you know, a little bit bigger than Bruce Brown in terms of weight around the same height and wingspan, but can knock down the three at a higher volume than Bruce shoots more than just corner threes. But still, you know, this was also used. The the trade exception was used to acquire Royce O'Neal. And I think he makes around 9 million. So that was the big trade exception as well. So, you know, take it for what it is. Even without the other stuff going on, I'm not sure I like the trade. I don't think I would trade a first round pick for Royce O'Neal. I think I would see what else is out there, especially just given that it's not like he's had incredible postseasons either. No, it, it's, look, it's 
Um, it's something. It's something. <laughs> he's, a, he's a solid role player. Like, there's nothing wrong with Royce O'Neal. But again, like, I'm not sure I would trade a first round pick for him, especially if you're unwilling to use a first round pick in other trades. And that's probably could have made, including the Jeremy Grant one, you know, something that we talked about. And obviously, there was different parts of that because of the salary situation. But still, you know, Royce O'Neal for a first round pick on a pretty good contract. Not not anything that I would be super excited about, even if Katie and Kyrie here. It'd be a solid move, but just about that. Nick, I got uh, a tweet here that is just shows the state of the the Nets franchise. We'll get to the Patty Mills and Nick Clarkson stuff to finish off after. But via Christian Winfield, a Nets season ticket holder has just sent me a copy of the purchase agreement, and this is in all caps. All ticket sales are final. There shall be no refunds, credits, or exchanges except as provided in Section 2 of the front end terms and conditions. <laughs> this is how this team is treating its fans. I hate the Nets right now, Nick. I, 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 love, I, I love everyone that's surrounded by it, but I hate the organization and the people that run this place. Yeah, and they obviously just raised ticket prices this season as well. They're going to do that and then lose, obviously, the main attractions in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And then also, you know, have no refunds, no credits, no no type of bonus. I mean, if they don't do anything for season ticket holders, given the the situation that just happened, it just means that they don't care. And it just shows you that Joe Sy is running his business like a business in terms of not caring about the consumer, just worrying about making the most possible money. And that's what he's done to acquire all the money that he's acquired. But obviously a basketball team, especially one that's, you know, with the superstars that they do have, the way that he's run it has just been unacceptable. Unacceptable of the highest order, Nick. Um, Patty Mills re-signed <laughs> on a two-year $14.5 million deal. You know, the he opted out yesterday and now we're extending him for two years. Cool. I mean, I can wear the Ben Simmons you know, Aussie Brothers <laughs> t-shirt. Um, and the only winner of the day. That's the, go check out Public. Maybe Nick will put that in the episode description. I, I don't really care if he does. Um, and then obviously we've got Nick Claxton who's sticking around on a two-year $20 million deal also, which I think is is very, very fair. And I'm happy that, that Clax City will be sticking around. But ultimately it is all meaningless in the, the grand scheme of things. And if this is... Probably the worst day in Brooklyn Nets history. Yeah, I think easily, you know, easily the worst day in Brooklyn Nets history. Obviously, you go from having the feeling you're a couple moves away from winning a championship to going from the feeling knowing that you need to make the biggest moves, and that's acquiring a superstar to win a championship. And that doesn't seem like it's going to happen in the near future. It, it could potentially happen, but it just doesn't seem likely. And like you said, with the Patty Mills stuff, very interesting to bring him back, give him a raise, given the whole situation. Obviously, I think it'd be a favor to Ben Simmons maybe a little bit, which is ironic given that they weren't able to accommodate the other stars, but they're willing to make sure Patty is back for Ben. And then also, you know, the Nick Claxon stuff is cool. Always happy to watch Clax play. We're big fans of Clax here. And it's a, a pretty um, flexible contract given that it's two years, 20 million, very tradable too. see how that kind of goes. But like you said, Nothing in terms of these moves really matter in the grand scheme of things when you're losing two superstar players. It's over, Nick. It's over. <laughs> the era that we all want, it didn't even begin. Yep. It didn't even start, but it's still over. It's... They did. It's like they set up a new business in town. They did all the construction, all the work to make this place look great. 
but it never opened to the public. And before before it did, it ended up closing down. It never was open to run. So just it's really, really upsetting and just disappointing. And again, I think what makes it so disappointing is it could have been avoided. It wasn't a situation where we tried for four years and failed. It was, hey, things didn't really work out. We kind of got handed some you know, bad hands. Let's see what we can do next year. And we still have a chance to do this if we just make a couple moves, make some compromises. We have a shot to win a championship next year or even in the next few seasons. And that didn't happen. And I think, again, that's the the most disappointing thing is that it was a failure and it wasn't a failure on the court. It was a failure before it even got to that full capacity. Okay, look, there's I'll, I'll finish with a couple of little things here and there, Nick. Via real Cody um, Malloroy, I think that's how you say his name. Rumor has it that Kevin Durant and Tony Durant, his brother, both just followed Royce O'Neal on Instagram. Roberta Shelburne was you know talking about you know the the Lakers stuff with Kobe Bryant and his history, saying that he'd rather uh, play in Pluto than than play for the Lakers. Look, it relates to your sort of final question to me about you know, maybe Kim Durant does stay. Look, I, I certainly hope so, Nick, and, and I hope that this episode is one that isn't quote evergreen. And we can I hope just, it goes in the trash. Yeah, we can just put it in the trash. We never even have to upload it to to megaphone and Blue Wire and stuff. But as it currently stands. The Nets are where they are, and Kevin Durant will not be a Brooklyn Net, probably. I'll expand the question, Jack. Do you think there is anything possible at this point in time that the Nets could do to try to sway Kevin Durant to entertain the idea of coming back? No, because maybe fire Steve Nash. That's one thing that could be done, but they had so many opportunities to do that already. They could they could have gotten Jeremy Grant in last year's trade deadline, you know, giving up Joe Harris for that, which I thought would have been a very fair and equitable deal. You know, I, I, and other than that, you know, Kyrie Irving's already opted in, so you can't really give him. You, you know, can give him an extension now. So okay, there you go. Give give him an extension. That's that's probably that's the way to appease it. And if I'm Sean Marks, I'm just I'm on my hands and knees going to KD. KD, mate, is there anything? please is there anything i bet joe Sy is just like no nah, man all right you've, you're out cool well this for me is he's like i fire people every day <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i mean like you know this is probably not realistic because i don't think joe Sy is that guy i think joe Sy is very stubborn and you know has shown to be a little egotistical given how you know the events of the last two years have gone but i would say you'd ha- probably have to fire sean marks you'd probably have to fire steve nash you'd have to give Kyrie that full max extension and you'd have to go out and get at least one or two players that Kevin Durant wants and potentially get rid of some players on the team that maybe he's not interested in playing with, you know, make just literally accommodate his needs. And yeah, it might not be the greatest look, but at the end of the day, you'd still have a chance at winning a championship. And that's the most important thing. So do I think that's going to happen? No. Would I love to see that happen? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Look, and Apparently, via at Brooklyn Nets 85, you know, I didn't have as much access to a lot of the stuff that's happening with Zach Lowe and Brian Windhorst and everyone else. But Zach Lowe's pushing Katie for Zion. Yeah. Look, that would be the only package in return that I'd be like, okay, well, then we've got one of the, a, a gener- another generational superstar coming off an injury like Ben Simmons. <laughs> to sort of watch going forward. Zion and Ben Simmons, man, that would be a weird fit. But yeah, I think you'd look to move Ben in that scenario, but it doesn't really matter because Zion has the potential to be, like you said, an all-time great. And Zach Lowe's also brought up, you know, excuse me, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, guys like that. I think you'd probably entertain the idea of Jalen Brown as well, Brandon Ingram, all guys that you could see that are close to the all-star level 
or either are going to be at the all-star level in the very near future. And I think Evan Mobley and Ben Simmons would be like a, a match made in heaven. Obviously, as Mobley kind of develops his range, Scotty Barnes, an incredible rookie season. And Jalen Brown would give you that closest to like win now and still be competitive because like Jalen Brown and Ben Simmons is still a really good wing duo. But it's just like also what else is Boston going to put in there? What type of picks? It's very complicated. And that's why we'll do an entire episode on trade packages. Kevin Durant's numbers as a Brooklyn Net Nick, 28.7 <laughs> points per game, 7.3 rebounds, 6.1 assists, 53% from the field, 41% from three, 90% from the free throw line, 90 games as a Brooklyn Net. It all it was gone too soon. Hopefully and, not, but it looks like that's going to be. In a historical postseason performance in game five against the Bucks last season. You know, one of the best playoff games in NBA history. And that's probably going to be our lasting memory of Kevin Durant, sadly, given how things have kind of played out. But Jack, always a pleasure, even when we're talking about the most depressing topics in the Nets world. And Dick, thanks everybody for listening. Obviously, we'll still be podcasting. We're hoping we're podcasting about better thoughts, but we'll cover whatever is thrown our way. <laughs>